Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Welcome back into the Screen the Screener podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, all is right in the world again. The stars are aligned. The eclipse is coming. And Mike and I are back to give you some college basketball knowledge. Mike Randall, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. How are you? Like George Costanza, I'm back, baby, when he had the mangoes. Remember that whole thing? I'm back. Gus, it is great to be back together again with you, my friend. It's been a crazy summer, right? I'm away. I'm here. You're there back and yeah. forth. But we are back together again for a few shows here. And it, fe- it feels like Laverne and Shirley. It feels like Oscar and Felix. It feels like yin and yang. It feels like chocolate milk and cookies. Doesn't it, my friend? Chocolate milk and cookies. That would make my daughter very happy. Every morning, I make a cup of coffee. I go up and get her, bring her down from bed. And then first thing she asks... Daddy, can you please make me some chocolate milk? So she would be right in with that. That sounds perfect. Yeah, very happy to be back together. Uh, I think the listeners have been missing out uh, on the partnership and and the camaraderie that we bring. So I'm excited to bring it back to the listeners for a couple more podcasts this week for sure. Yes, but, but I do have to compliment you, my friend. So listen, folks, right now in college basketball, obviously, you know, it's a transitional period. It's the summer. We have some stuff going on. Gus did a great job in the last podcast talking about forget the countdown. Let's just enjoy where we're at. But where we're at right now is the recruiting is there. Coaches are out. They're trying to find people. They're doing this. They're getting the teams together. But it was a pleasure, my friend, being on vacation and hearing your podcast. I mean, folks, Gus has more knowledge than anyone. Marvin Bagley, all this stuff. Kevin Ollie, UConn, he's naming players. I'm sitting on the beach, have my sunglasses on, relaxing. My son is screaming at the waves for no reason. And I'm sitting there listening to you going, he's kicking real fanny on this. Nice job, man. Uh, thanks. Uh, and listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and, and keeping the Screen the Screener podcast on your summer radar and on your summer to listen list. Whether you be uh, on a little road trip or a little vacation, so thanks for tuning us in and keeping us, uh, you know, in your mental rolodex, for lack of a better term. Uh, Mike, are we ready to give the people a little bit more off-season knowledge here? I'm ready to go, man. I'm fired up. I've been All studying. Right, I've been refreshed and replenished. I am not tan because I'm very pale and I have to use sunblock, but I am refreshed with my knowledge. Let's hit it. All right, beautiful. Uh, one of the things that always takes place during the off season and usually towards the end of the season is there are multiple coaching changes. There are coaching changes at big time schools, coaching changes at little uh, smaller schools, mid majors. So what Mike and I decided to do is just take a peek at some of the new names in same places and maybe doing a preview of like how they might, how they're making out thus far what their season outlook might be, and then maybe some of the challenge that they, challenges they might face uh, with the upcoming season. Um, and, Mike, I think we definitely need to start with one of our favorites, 
the former Dayton coach, now Indiana coach, Archie Miller. Gus, it's a perfect place to start. Folks, I am no longer writing for BT Powerhouse. I was not fired, Gus, although many may think so. I had to leave. We have some <laughs> that, other that, That's a funny line, by the way. Very funny. <laughs> we have some other things in the works. We have a website coming out. We have some great things for you on Screen the Screener. So I really had to step away in order to, to focus my attention on that. But to Thomas right. Bendit and the whole BT Powerhouse gang, you guys were great. It's a great bunch of writers. It's a fantastic site. We will keep quoting from them. So uh, thanks so much for the, the opportunity to write. I loved every minute of it and certainly we'll be revisiting them hopefully we'll get thomas back on for an interview later in the year but yeah, it was it'd be it way was, cool it'd be very cool yeah it was some serious knowledge oh we really did and we, it was great but you know gus as, as the fans will hear over the next couple months we have some big time things going on here at screen the screener and i just just couldn't do couldn't do it all basically but we will start with archie miller he's at indiana gus he came over from dayton he had a 139 and 68 record in his six-year coaching career at dayton and we all know what he did there he reached the ncaa tournament for the flyers four straight seasons including the mm-hmm. 2014 run where they hit the elite eight remember yep. gus they were an 11 seed right you know what so for real this is hilarious that you bring this up right i i was talking to a former college teammate and this this former college teammate and i and our families uh will get together every so often and we were reminiscing about one of the times that we got together and we just happened to be with our families in this hotel and we were stuck in the hotel lobby and lo and behold what game was on in the hotel lobby it was that Syracuse Dayton game oh, from that tournament. No way. No yeah. Way. So I, I, we were just talking about that this week. That's crazy that you bring that that run up. It was a cra- it was a crazy run, man. And I remember in the first round, I do remember this. They beat that Aaron Kraft team, Ohio State. They mm-hmm. beat uh, them sixty to fifty nine. Uh, precursor Gus, that could have been a foreshadowing. That could have been the beginning of the end for Thad Mata. Uh, True. Then they beat the Syracuse you talked about, and they beat number ten Stanford, eighty two seventy two. By the way, do you remember who Stanford beat? To get to that game? Oh, man. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you a um, hint, my friend. They were a seven seed, which yep. means they played a two seed. And if I'm laughing, that gives you a good hint at who went down in the second round as a big two seed. Oh, who uh, Who do you love Death, always taking down? Taxes. <sighs> And Bill Self went down to Stanford. Yes, they did. Of course, did. I'm going to not be Bill Self in Kansas. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, listen, Gus, he, uh, Miller was great. He had to replace three starters and followed up in 2015 with a 27-9 record despite having no player over 6-6. Remember that team? Yeah, love that team. Yeah, Pollard played a bunch inside on that team. Uh, won back-to-back A-10 regular season titles, and the team averaged 25 wins per year in his last three years of date. And the reason I'm telling you this, all this, Gus, is because he was ready to take a step up in terms of, of a bigger profile program. So that, now, um, Just to jump in for two sure. seconds, that, yeah. that, um, that class – that you know left this this past year at Dayton was the mo- the winningest class uh, in Dayton history. That yeah. class won over 120 games during their four year stretch. You know, you talked a couple podcasts ago about the path, right? And the path was exactly what it should be, right? He went to yeah. a small school. He was an assistant. He went to Dayton. He did a phenomenal job there. He brought them to heights. I think he equaled the best three year run of their history, something like that. And then he moved on. But Gus, what does he get at Indiana? That's a question. Good question. Right. Well, well, he gets a mess, okay? Because leading <laughs> scorer James Blackman Jr. gone declares for the draft. By the way, not a smart move. Just my opinion uh thomas bryant goes to the draft he's a big man he's gonna he's gonna get paid he's gonna play but i, I think he could have been a little more polished we talked about this in college sam bassini's laughing at me right now and of course og ananobi went uh, was injured but one of the most phenomenal athletes in the entire draft so fine but what's his response well his response is 
He got recommitments right away, Gus, from the top three recruits in the 2017 season. So Crean re- recruits these guys. They hear this is happening. They're saying they're gone. They're going to they're gonna decommit, right? Miller right. locks them up right away. He makes home visits to all three players. He gets um, Durham, 6'10", Clifton Moore. He gets the three-star Ajami Durham, 6'10", Clifton Moore, and then the four-star recruit Justin Smith to all recommit to Indiana. That yeah, Smith, Gus was, is, Smith was the big get. Yeah, that's very impressive. You go in there to Indiana. They don't know you're from a hole in the wall. These guys can go any place they want. You know, Purdue and Painter are coming down to steal them in two seconds. He got them to recommit right away. Very impressive job by Archie Miller. And not only that did he get those guys to stay, but he also has a great recruiting class coming in the following season. So he he's hit it at all fronts. He's done it at all levels. Indiana and Hoosier fans have to be ecstatic. Yeah, and they he's, have Archie Miller at the helm. Yeah, and he's got listen, he has the 2018 class is killing it already. He got three recruits, Gus, to commit in just under 24 hours. Yep. He got four star prospect Demise Anderson of South Bend, Indiana. They joined Jerome Hunter of Ohio and Race Thompson. Great names, by the way. Uh, yeah. from from Minnesota as the commitments for the 2018 th- season. They are highly recruited. They are the second, I think they're right now the second or the first best recruiting class in the Big Ten. They leapfrogged a bunch of people already. Mm-hmm. He's in the spotlight. Brian, yeah, Brian Snow of two, uh, two four, uh, 24-7 Sports has them as the number four recruiting class nationally for 2018 yeah. and the second best one behind, of course, Michigan State. So he's recruiting right away. He They went ahead of Maryland. They took Anderson away. He was looking at Northwestern, Michigan, Wisconsin. This yep. is just a great start by Mill. Listen, he's a tireless a recruiter. We know that. That's what he's got to do. He talked about keeping everyone in state, and he's doing the job. He's got Robert Johnson Jr. coming back, right? So he's got yep. a player coming back. And, of course, I will end with this. If he solidifies, Gus, Romeo Langford from New Albany, Indiana, Six mm-hmm. foot five shooting guard. He's the number one recruit in Indiana. He's got offers for Kentucky, Louisville, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and UCLA. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what other school do you want, Romeo? Wherefore art thou? If he can get Langford to this class, it's possible Indiana could have one, the number one or number two recruiting class in the entire country. And folks, what else would you want if you're a Hoosier fan than from that in Archie Miller's first three months? Now, all of those players that you just mentioned, Mike, they uh, I feel like they mirror. You mentioned that Dayton team that was severely hampered by a lack of size, Mm -hmm. but then Mm -hmm. had great success. All of those players that you just mentioned totally fit that mold. Um, All of those players are six, five to six, eight. Uh, I can totally see them playing another brand of like this positionless basketball for for the Indiana Hoosiers with all of these players coming in. It makes perfect sense on all fronts. Listen, I think Archie is ready to go. I think it was a fantastic hire. The lineage, the whole thing, man. I'm excited for Indiana basketball, not just because I was covering them for BT Powerhouse for three months, but I think it's a good fit. He's going to make a splash, Gus. If there was a Vegas win total on Indiana wins, I'm taking the over this year. If they get Romeo Langford, watch out because he has arrived and they are well headed back to their ninth Final Four in school history. That would be amazing if the, if he was able to take Dayton to an Elite Eight and then bring Indiana to a Final Four. That I mean, phew, I mean, best hire they could possibly hope for if if that's the case. Uh, so you know, you just sang all the praises of of what Archie's doing. Uh, Indiana and the next place that we'll just take a quick peek at again we don't want to like totally focus on the negative and 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 be downers and 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 talk about what happens 
uh, on the negative front, but we have to pay attention to what Anthony Grant is left to deal with at date. Oh, good job. Good one here. Right. So one of the one of the unfortunate stories uh, that popped up last week was uh, one of the Dayton Flyers, uh, Sam Miller, uh, was, was arrested for underage drinking and a number of other charges. Um, we're not going to get that deep into it, but that does sound like a little bit of a mess that Anthony Grant is going to be left to clean up. Uh, does he suspend him indefinitely? Does he just flat out kick him off the team? Is there another consequence there that we're not sure of? So he, he, he's going to earn his money on this Dayton head, fly, uh, head coaching job right away with the big mess that Sam Miller has left him uh, with his actions and decisions uh, during the offseason. And, uh, you know, lots of times, I, and, you know, from you and I being former uh, coaches as well, like, I, I feel like basketball coaches often dread this particular time period because they don't have like their claws in their guys and there's like this little bit of freedom that the student athletes have. They, they might have just finished summer classes or, or something of that nature. So they don't really have a good beat on all of their players. Like I'm sure they check in with them all the time. But, you know, there's not that structure that is there during the season where you have class, you have practice, you have study hall. Like this summertime, there's a lot of variables and sometimes when uh, student athletes are left with that many options and that many uh, things to do, like sometimes they don't make the best choices. And Sam Miller is an example of that, unfortunately. And another thing you have to pay attention to at Dayton, and uh, we'll see how Coach Grant deals with this, is don't forget, um, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo had this unbelievable season for the Milwaukee Bucks, and his little brother is enrolled in Dayton. Ah, he reg- that's right. Yes. Yes. Right? Uh, he had an injury last year, and now it seems like he has some sort of mysterious injury, uh, is back overseas with his family, and it seems like it's not totally clear on whether he will be back on campus for when the small fall semester starts. So there is some intrigue, mystery, and uncertainty surrounding, like, many Antetokounmpo, many Greek freak for um, lack of a better nickname. Uh, and Dayton, I think, was looking forward to having him on the court at least for, you know, 20 minutes a game as a, as a nice big. So now there's uncertainty uh, with one of their high-profile players if he's going to be back on campus. So I think Anthony Grant is going to have a couple of things to pay attention to and a few fires to put out right away before he starts to try winning games at Dayton. Yeah, and you know and you know what, Gus, this is a tough one because when Archie Miller goes to Indiana, so Indiana struggled, and Tom Crean did a real solid job there. The last couple of years weren't great, but he got him back on the map after the whole scandal. Yeah, got him back on track with the Kelvin Sampson uh, scandal. But that's easy, right? Because, Gus, you come in, you come into Ohio State, you come into the big school, and they want to be good. They're ready to be good. They're excited. They're, they, they almost throw the resources at you. Anthony Grant comes in. It's like a stomach punch that Archie yeah. Miller left, right? It's a step back. Uh, they were looking at Michael Defoe, who's a three-and-a-half star, 6'3", shooting guard. He just removed Dayton from consideration uh, this week. You know, they're looking at two-star, two-star, three-star players. Anyone who is going to, to Dayton to a small school, Gus, they're going for Archie Miller. So Grant yeah. has his work cut out for him, but I think he, he gets sure a does. pass in his first year. You know what I mean? I think he does too, and I think uh, part of that pass, to see how long that pass might play out, is has to do deal with you know these two fires he's going to have to put out immediately um, with the Sam Miller uh, incident and then you know what he does with uh, Mini Greek Freak. Yeah, no doubt. And listen, if he's competitive, he he has a solid year. 
They get to, they, they they make some noise in the postseason tournament. I think that's all you can ask for because you can't really judge Anthony Grant until he has his own recruiting recruiting class. If he keeps any of these guys, it'll be impressive. But he's looking, you know, he, he's got a couple offers out there. I think he's got a Cyril Smith, who's three and a half stars, you know, from who's got an offer. But I, you're not. It's tough to generate interest in the program when you're the new guy in a small school because the small school is the coach. It is. I mean, and just look at some of the other examples. Uh, look at uh, Coach Marshall at Wichita State. Look at uh, Coach Few at Gonzaga. Uh, those are just like obviously the two gold standard uh, examples. But like those guys have a great programs because they run a great show and they've been there forever and they have stability. So Anthony Grant, I guess, is going to try to build towards that. All right, and now we'll hop over to. Uh, I'm going to stay in the uh, Big Ten, uh, right church, right pew, Gus. Okay, going to stay here because there's one, <laughs> Very good. one more coach uh, I want to look at, and that's Mr. Holtman, who has decided yeah. to leave Butler and go mm-hmm. to the Ohio State University. Now Holtman, similar to Archie Miller, cut his teeth here on a small school. Uh, he worked for John Grossi at Ohio University. Grossi was at Illinois. Now uh, Brad Underwood's there, right? But right. he worked for Grossi, had a good tree. Then he went to Gardner-Webb where he won Big South Coach of the Year. So Holtman's a success guy. And that's what I'm trying to, to, to put out to the Ohio State Buckeye fans here. He then went to join Butler as an assistant to Brandon Miller, which really, by the way, Gus, we all know this, right? You work hard. And they say this all the time. You work hard, whatever you do, sports, whatever it is, you need a little luck along the way. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And, and Holman got some luck in, in, a, in, a, in an unfortunate situation, but I think it was good fortune for him in terms of his profession that Brendan Miller had to take a medical leave of absence. Therefore, Holman just, quote, stepped in. He steps in a butler and they start killing it again. Uh, surged in the polls in the early portion of last season. They beat a slew of teams last year, Gus, Northwestern, Vanderbilt, Cincinnati, Arizona, Bucknell, Vermont. And they were 11-1 non-conference start. He was the Big East Coach of the Year last year, guided them to a second-place finish. They were picked in the preseason, by the way, Gus, to finish sixth. Yeah, I was going to say, definitely the bottom half of the league, right? And Gus, who did he own in the conference? Which no right. one, right, he owned Villanova. He beat, uh-huh. Villanova, he beat Villanova twice. So they're 12-6 there in the Big East. Uh, best uh, Big East Conference play was the best of their four-season history in the Big East. They were the fourth seed in the tournament. They did a real solid job. I had them losing in the first round. Idiotic move by me. You were all over them, which is why you won the bracket challenge. Very good. Thank uh, you. And, and now he joins the, the Buckeyes, and he's got a rebuilding process. Because, listen, Ohio State, they were 10th in the Big Ten last year. They had their worst record, which is 17-15, and 15, since the 2003-2004 season. Think about how long that is. So they are down in the dubs. But with the resources, he can have a similar impact as Archie Miller had. He's working on the commitments as well. The kid, the, the big one here was Musa Jallo. Okay, he got Musa Jallo, who is the 120th best player in the class and 31st overall small forward. He had reclassified to 2017. He got him recently this past week to commit to Ohio State. So while he's nice. not having the major impact that Archie Miller's having in Indiana, he also got the job later. And Jallo basically said, as we know, he said, listen, it's a challenge. It's a high-risk, high-reward situation, but he's ready for it. And he's very excited about having the relationship with Holtman. He said he was very impressed with. And he's got his fellow Ohio natives, Caleb Wesson, Kyle Young. And he's yep. got the trio of four-star recruits who have an opportunity to play right away, which is what they want. They all join. The best returning player is Keita Bates-Diop. He had oh, right. St- Diop had a stress fracture in his left leg last summer. He was out mm-hmm. for a few months. Uh, he played against Navy in the opener, had a four, uh, 14 points, 14 rebounds. But in the third game of the year, Gus, he sprained his ankle. He was out for five. So 
Diop's going to return next year. He thought about going to the draft. Gosh, that would have been a mistake. Would have been, yeah. I'm glad he came back too. But after that, we could be looking at like a 12.8 rebound type of season, maybe even better, 15 and 10, something like that. So he's excited. He's a fan of Holtman already. Diop already said he feels, quote, Holtman's going to help us get us back to the winning ways. So Diop is back. Holtman's there. He's had a good recruiting class so far. You know he can X and O. He's a tireless worker. Gus, what do you think about Chris Holtman, Ohio State? Here's what I think about Chris Holtman at Ohio State. Number one, he's totally handicapped by the timing that he obtained this position. Yep. Uh, the timing that Ohio State uh, attempted to execute here by uh, getting Holtman in so late, that really put some handcuffs on what he was able to do recruiting-wise, program-wise. Uh, so I think he was working from behind the eight ball to begin with. Uh, so I think as much as you talked about how Anthony Grant gets a pass or maybe gets a little extra wiggle room, I think Holtman is allowed that and then some here simply because of when he was hired for this particular high paying, high profile job. Um, he didn't have the same timeline that other major coaches had to get his season up to snuff to get the recruiting where he wanted to go to get his staff in place. I mean, there's a number of things that he probably needed to take care of on the fly that he wanted. He like any coach would want to have in place leading up to the season. So I think that right there is playing a big role on how. He is starting his season and how much, how prepared or maybe how ill-prepared he feels for uh, having his team come in uh, in a couple of months getting ready for the, you know, the Big Ten season. So I think that's going to be the biggest limiter for Ohio State fans and for Coach Holtman coming into it. But you gave the rundown of the people that they have coming in, um, who they have coming back. So it's not like – you know what I think too with Holtman? I think he's going to do exactly what he did in the Big East and I think – they're going to surprise. I think they're going to surprise, win a game they shouldn't win, keep games closer than you think they should be. I think he's going to surprise every step along the way during the Big Ten season. And really, if we pay attention to him as a coach and how he does his job, that really shouldn't surprise any of us. Yeah, especially at home. If he can be competitive at home and upset a couple of these Big Ten teams in in, uh, in Ohio State, they're going to be happy with that. And he's going to recruit. He's going to work hard. He'll get him back. He's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, I agree. I think the last place that we'll try to head to, we why don't we take a look? Well, I'll go back to the A10 if that's okay with everybody. And we're a couple of years removed now from Shaka Smart, so I think that paying attention to Mike Rhodes and VCU is going to be interesting to follow as well. They've had a number of people transfer out. They haven't had, uh, you know, since Will Wade left for uh, LSU. Uh, they had success under Wade at VCU, uh, but now with Rhodes in, they do have two decent pieces coming back with Justin Tillman uh, playing uh, the forward spot and, and Jonathan Williams playing the guard spot. So they do have a couple of, you know, semi all A10-ish players coming back, but the rest of the cupboard is pretty bare. So it feels very similar like to that Dayton situation that you mentioned where they didn't have as many scholarship players on the team. They were a little limited size-wise. I feel like Mike Rhodes is going to be trying to tackle a lot of the same problems uh, that Coach Miller did that one year in Dayton. So I think it's worth paying attention to just because of the lineage since Shaka Smart went on that Final Four run with VCU and their sustained success that they've had in the tournament, winning a game here, winning a game there, and, and always being a factor in the A-10. Will which way is it going to go? Is it going to continue on this trend of they're going to be decent every year, they're going to be a threat, 
They're going to be uh, in the running for the A-10 title. They're going to be there to win a game in the 8-9 game in the tournament. Or is, it gonna, is the needle going to start going the other way now? Is it, is it, do they start to tick towards the middle of the pack in the A-10 or maybe even towards the second tier in the A-10? Um, so I think it's worth paying attention to. I have faith in Mike Rhodes. I think the two, player, the two players that we mentioned that he has coming back are, are worth paying attention to as well. So interesting. What is VCU going to do? Are they going to be viable or are they going to be kind of heading the wrong direction. I think that's worth paying attention to as well. And Rhodes is, is doing what you need to do. Gus at a small school. He's bringing the family back. He's got Joey Rodriguez, who was the point guard on the greatest postseason run in VCU history, that 2011 Final Four run with Shaka. He is yep. back after he floundered in Puerto Rico and Turkey and a couple of those places. He came back and ended up working with Rhodes at Rice as the video coordinator. He learned a lot from him. Rhodes comes back to VCU. Rodriguez is back with him. That's going to be good for the fans. That's going to get a little mojo. He's been there. He's going to be a passionate guy. I like what he's doing here. Let's. I don't know how they're going to play. Let's check it out and we'll see. But right. I, I think it's the right move for them. And he is, you know, he is bringing a, a transfer or two from Rice with him. So he does have like that cachet. Like, oh well, I really like this coach, so I want to follow him to this place. So if that's any indicator on how he's going to impact his student athletes, I think that's a good indicator in the positive direction that uh, other student athletes would want to follow him from one program to another program. Um, So I I think Mike Rhodes, worth paying attention to, and definitely uh, for VCU fans, I think people are crossing their fingers. But like you said, good mojo. Let's hope they keep heading in the right direction. Definitely. And Gus, so now we did a little four-pack there, coaches. What do you say we do a four-pack of players, two each, that we think uh, people should be paying attention to? Yeah. We don't really have, uh, like, we don't have a conference alignment here or, or, you know, team alignment. Uh, Mike and I just decided to pick a couple players, talk off of them a little bit, and then maybe these are guys that you're going to pay a little closer attention to than you would normally, or uh, maybe be like, oh, yeah. I think I should look this guy up or pay attention to that team because screen the screener inform me of these guys. So here comes a four pack of players that we'd like you to pay attention to for the upcoming season that I think are worth your intrigue. Well, Gus, if I'm going to begin, I'm going to begin with the gentleman who I would have selected as the number one pick in the 2017 NBA draft if he had stayed out. I am saying it. I will say it again this year. He is the best player in college basketball that will be lacing up sneakers and playing on the floor. And that is Mr. Bridges from Michigan State. Gus, like I'm I'm back refreshed and replenished. Mr. Bridges is coming back refreshed and replenished this year. Uh, You've heard me say on many occasions that I think he would be the number one pick. And by the way, I stick to that because Markel Fultz, what has he won? Nothing. Lonzo Ball, we went through this, right? 11 non-layups or three-point shots in 22 games last year. Okay, give me a break. Uh, he's the best player in the country by a mile. He can play inside, outside. He hits the three-pointer. John Gasway put this stat out. Again, we love John Gasway. The guy does a fantastic job. Uh, Bridges made 39% from three-point range on the year, but he was yep. 42% in Big Ten games. Gus, this is a forward. Okay, he's a thick, big guy doing this. Yeah. And he's a freshman. I mean, Elliot last year was a freshman. He's only going to get better. He's explosive. He dunks with aggression on both hands. And he returned for one reason and one reason only, Gus. And that's to get Michigan State to the Final Four and get their first NCAA championship since 2000. If a player passes on millions of guaranteed money, because Gus, he was top 10. I think you can take it to the bank. 
to come oh, back. I, I don't think I don't think there's any doubt in that. I think you're I think you're being kind. He'd probably be up a little bit higher. So he's he's coming back to win a title. So he's going to do everything he can. He's not come back for the girls. He's not come back for a free car. He's coming back to win a title, and that focus is going to rub off on the program. You got Nick Ward, all those other guys there. For a program, Gus, in Michigan State, every four-year player, remember that run in the 2000s? Every four-year yeah. player made a Final Four. They made it in 99, 2000, 2001, 2005, 2009, 2010. They've been to one Final Four in the last seven seasons. They were blitzed mm-hmm. by Kansas this year, 90-70, to 70, and suffered one of the greatest upsets in the tournament history when our guy, Kermit Davis, and Middle Tennessee State, and... Kitty Potts shocked the world as the 15 seed, 90 to 81 in 2016. So Izzo, listen, Izzo has nothing to prove, but you go down into the recesses of his mind when he's sitting there with his wife, he's having his cup of coffee. You know what he's saying? I want back in the final four and Miles Bridges is going to do everything he can. If you want a storyline, you want a player, Gus, that we're going to have to look at in 2017, it starts and it ends with Mr. Miles Bridges. Love Miles Bridges. Love the breakdown there. Uh, he will be on multiple highlight reels this upcoming season. And it, it's cool that we can attach like a name to the upcoming season. It's just not like a name that we have to um, attach. Like, I'm not sure how this guy's going to be. Uh, you know, other people are saying that this this particular student athlete is going to be really good. Like, we all know how good Miles Bridges is. We, we have firsthand knowledge. We have all viewed him. So it's cool that we have that player coming back that we can invest in and know that we're going to get our money's worth from watching Michigan State and Miles Bridges. Gus, uh, Gus I, tell, I tell you, he's preseason player of the year. You believe it or no? What do you think? Him, him, uh, oh, I, I, I bet that he gets a ton of uh, talk in that direction. I think you have to put him on your first team All-American, like no doubt. I, I think he's preseason player of the year. They could give it to Porter. They could give one to Kentucky guys. I get that. I'm going with him. I think he's preseason player of the year. I think Michigan State is one or two in any ranking. I just mm-hmm. can't wait because I remember, Gus, I was so excited. You and I both were. That first game of the year was the Bahamas, wherever it was this year. I saw him. You were hyping him. I wasn't as into him at that time. After that game, I go, I yeah. am a convert. I am in the church. Praise Jesus. I'm a Miles Bridges fan. Gus has seen the light. Put your hand on top of me and knock me over in the middle of the church, and I am the Miles Bridges guy. Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> So what I'm, we'll go to the second pack of our four pack of players. And I talked about one of the, I talked about this player uh, briefly on one of the previous podcasts, uh, especially the Hamiltonian path podcast that uh, uh, we tried to correlate with um, Mitchell Robinson and his departure from uh, Western Kentucky, which is, which is a whole nother ball of wax. Um, but one of the teams that we did a deep dive on was UConn. And I really am buying in on UConn. And the, one of the reasons I'm buying in on UConn and Coach Ollie getting back on the national scene this year and being relevant is because of Jalen Adams. I think Jalen Adams is a really special player. I think he had an unbelievable burden put on him last year with the number of injuries that UConn sustained due to their backcourt and to some of their wing players. We mentioned the injury with uh, the freshman point guard Gilbert. Injury to the VCU transfer, Larir. So much was put on Jalen Adams' plate, ball handling responsibilities, guarding the team's best backcourt player, um, scoring responsibilities. Don't turn the ball over a ton, Jalen. So, so much was put on his plate. So I think this year, now that the the, the responsibilities are going to be spread a little bit, health has improved. They have a couple of players coming in. Roles are going to be defined. 
Coach Ali will not have to just say, okay, Jalen, go try to win this game for us. He can say, Jalen, do your best to run the team with Gilbert. You guys take care of the ball. Don't turn the ball over. Make sure our guys get good shots. Take it to the hole. I think Jalen Adams could have a gigantic year. I'm going to say he could score 20 points a game in conference and be in the running for an All-American, maybe third team, maybe uh, honorable mention type situation. And I say UConn back into the tournament this year, Coach Ali back into the tournament, and they will be in the discussion for winning a game or two and maybe even making a Sweet 16. And it will start and end with Jalen Adams and UConn getting back to national relevancy. Yeah, and this is a great call because no team, Gus, I think got really derailed. The train got derailed because of injuries more than UConn. Ollie does great with guards. That's what he's got here. You said it best with Adams. I'm just going to give you a couple quick games he had from this past season. He was 14.4 points per game, 4.3 rebounds, 6.1 assists. He does it all, right? He dropped 34 against Oklahoma State back in November. That was a loss, but incredible game. 12 of 18 from the field, 4 of 5 from three-point range. He then followed that up with 27 points against Oregon. All right, 12 of 21 from the field, 27 points against Oregon. I mean, this guy was scoring big against big-time opponents. Then UConn went up and down, the whole injuries, a bunch of stuff going on. He ended the season with 23 points against Houston and then 20 points against Cincinnati. I think it's a great call. I think he's under the radar, and I think he could make a huge leap, like you said, this this season. I think, yeah, I, 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 I totally see him breaking out, having an absolute breakout season and like you mentioned you know they they've played this they played this game before at UConn with a lead guard leading them to big things with Kemba Walker and uh uh and uh uh Napier like we we and Boatwright like we know how this plays out like and Adams can fall right into that uh category and be that impactful I think I think he's that type of player you know and I think the next place I'm going uh the the people the team if you ask me a team that is on the hot seat or who has run out of excuses, Gus, or who it's time to tie a knot in the jock strap and get after it a little bit. It's time, Sean Miller, and it's time, Arizona, for you guys to make a Final Four. Everyone yep. talks about, okay, well, yeah, you know, no big deal, no big deal. He had that game against Wisconsin a couple of years ago where they had a chance and they lost going to that Final Four. It's yep. haunting him. He's got Trier. He's got Hawkins, He's got Rustic. But that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about DeAndre Ayton. That's big man. That is the big man I'm talking about. There are not many teams, Gus, that have a seven-footer coming in, and he's coming in this year, and I don't think he's going to be there after next year. Okay? No, he's not. <laughs> so I think he's going to be in there, and his goal is coming in, and Miller's got to get over the hump. I think there's a lot of pressure on Miller. I think it's time. I think the, uh, the chancellor gave a huge thing about over my dead body. Is he going to Ohio State? Well, let me tell you something, Gus. They go out in the Sweet 16 this year. All of a sudden, he may go out over his live body, okay? <laughs> Not his breathing body. Uh, and I'm just saying, it's time. So they got a, they're going to be a top team or, or a pretty healthy pick to go to most Final Fours. Agreed. Aiton is one of the big-time recruits that are coming in. He is a dominant post presence. He's skilled with the ball. Dare I mention, he's kind of like Jonathan Isaac. Okay. Nice. Okay. <laughs> All right. He's currently being projected as the number three overall pick in the 2018 NBA draft. Top five for sure. Okay. This is a guy who's there and he's joining Alonzo Trier, who missed half the season because of that failed PED test. When he mm-hmm. got on the floor, Trier, um, he was outstanding, Gus. 51% shooting on his twos, 39% on his threes. 
He made great passes. He was trying to lead the team. He's a junior on paper, but the truth is we really want to see what he can do over the course of a season, and he's going to be playing next to Aiken, and they're going to have Ristic, and they're going to have my guy, Rolly Alkins, and they got Emmanuel Acock coming in, and you know what, Gus? This is about DeAndre Ayton, and it's about a Final Four. FF or Sean Miller's getting an F and getting this team in. They got to make a Final Four, and I think Aiton is the key piece to get this team over the hump. Now, here's the cool thing about Aiton, and I have an idea uh, to talk more about this a little bit later on uh, in the preseason, but Aiton and the type of player that he is making an impact on both ends of the floor, like actually playing a semi-low post game, as much as that's poo-pooed or not... uh, you know, it's frowned upon a little bit in the NBA, it can still play a major impact in the college game. If we just go back and reflect back upon uh, the two teams that made the finals last year, take a look at the bigs that Gonzaga brought to the table with Karnowski and Collins and Tilly and even Jonathan Williams to a certain extent. Look at the bigs that UNC brought to the table with with Tony Bradley and Hicks and, and Meeks. If you're a big that has impact in college basketball, you can have an enormous amount of influence on a game's win or loss. It's not the case in the NBA, but it is the case in college basketball still. Sure, do guards win in March? Absolutely. Mike and I say this all the time. But the impact that an equality big like Aiton, your guy, can have in the college game is completely underrated and underappreciated, and it needs to be paid attention to. And I think Aiton will have that type of impact that you're talking about on both ends of the floor as an impact big bringing a team to a Final Four, or at least pretty damn close. You know what I find, Gus? So you know how everyone's waiting for Tiger Woods to come back, right? So if Tiger Woods goes out and shoots a 68 on the first round of a a four-day tournament, the headlines, Tiger's back. He's back. He's He's back. back. When we know that he's probably not back and it's only one round. Gus, I think it's a very good parallel to the big man in college basketball. When a big man comes in, everyone thinks he's Patrick Ewing of the 80s. Everyone. They want him to be. You win with guards, but Fanny's going the seats, as Mad Dog would say, on the big men. That is why Greg Oden was selected ahead of Kevin Durant, and that's mm-hmm. why I think a lot of these people drafted these big these big guys. Size matters. They, they go nuts. But if Aiton is half as good as people say he is, like you said, if you have a big man and he is that good, Caleb Swanigan, something of that nature, he is a difference maker that no guard can match up to. Agreed. And that type of impact, uh, because every athlete – on the floor in the college game is not a world-class athlete like they are in the NBA. Like even the seventh man coming off the bench in the NBA is a world-class athlete. Excellent. That is not the case with NCAA basketball. So the ground that they can cover and the mistakes that they can uh, make up for are exemplified and expanded uh, exponentially because they have that big of an impact on the players that are they're crossing paths with that aren't world-class athletes. It's just that simple. Uh, so the big still has a gigantic impact in NCAA basketball, and Aiton is one of those gigantic, multi-talented bigs that will make a difference in the block and on the defensive end. Uh, la- uh, my final player to pay attention to, now I'm not repeating myself, it's Jalen Adams. 
No, not Jalen Adams of UConn. Jalen Adams of St. Bonnie. Ah, very good. Uh-huh. I like that. There we go. Jalen Adams from St. Bonnie's had a, like a kind of out of control year last year. Uh, he averaged over 20 points a game. He was ninth in the nation in assists, uh, six and a half a game. Dude can shoot it from three. He made over 75 threes last uh, last season. That's over two a game. I mean, that, that gets a job done as a, as a floor stretcher. He can get to the line, which is an underrated skill in college basketball, and make his free throws. He had over 200 free throw makes last year. Not only does he get to the line, he makes it when he gets there. Resourceful. Uh, and he's a, he's a straight-up thief. He averaged over two uh, steals a game. He put up 35 against Dayton, and we know how Dayton can be really stingy on the defensive end. And unfortunately, like, you know, imagine like the little tear coming down my cheek. He outplayed Scucci Smith that game badly, very badly. Um, so even with all of the usage that he has for the Bonnies, he still had a very respectful two to one assist to turnover ratio. Now it's not like this monster Landry Shamit number or Monte Morris number, but if you're two to one as a high usage point guard, you're doing the right thing. So Jalen Adams, we just want to say welcome to every all American discussion that's going to be uh, put out there moving forward towards the start of the season. You deserve it. You earn it. And if you are an A-10 basketball fan, you have to love watching this guy. He is going to, if you're a fan of Every other team in the A10, he is looking to he is looking to destroy you, and I hope that you can enjoy his talent and the and the uh, fervor that he brings to the game. He is a fun player to watch. So both Jalen Adams, Jalen Adams of UConn, and Jalen Adams of, of St. Bonnie's, both of those guys are going to put up giant numbers, and I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Adams from St. Bonaventure puts up like remember like Kay Felder from a couple of years ago? Love Kay Felder. From Oakland. He's still in the NBA. He's he's moving around, isn't he? He's still in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Houston uh, or something like that? I don't know where he, he is. He was with Cleveland for a tiny bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but he you know the undersized point guard from Oakland uh you know put up twenty five plus points a game and then led the nation in, in assists per game. I can see Jalen Adams having that type of season where he averages like twenty five ish points and averages over seven assists a game and just has this enormous impact. And if he if his team makes it to the tournament, he'll be one of the players that everybody's going to be talking about. So J- Jalen Adams, I mean, A10 A10 fans out there, hope we're giving you guys a little love. Uh, St. Bonnie's fans out there, giving you guys a little love. Um, I can't wait to watch a few A10 games and watch Jalen Adams just plain old go off. This is Gus being Gus right here, folks, because he's right on the money. Six two, hundred eighty five pounds. Jalen Adams scored twenty points. 15 times last season, three 30-point games. He dropped 35 career-high points on Dayton on February 18th. He's, Ouch. He's been back-to-back first-team all A-10. He's the fourth St. Bonaventure player to earn that distinction. This is a great call. St. Bonaventure is a very difficult place to play in the A-10. Huge underrated home, underrated venue. Huge home court advantage. I think Tony Patelis had a poll out or something the other day. Our, our friend on College Hoop News on, on Twitter talked about the most annoying fan bases. <laughs> Like the most difficult ones. You played St. Bonaventure. They're going to come at you hard. Jalen Ams is a star up there. I think it's a great call, Gus. Excellent job. Fantastic. Uh, so, listeners, there's your four-pack of coaches. Just to give you a little rundown, we paid attention to Archie Miller from in, uh, Indiana, uh, Anthony Grant over Dayton, uh, Chris Holtman at o- the Ohio State University, and Mike Rhodes down at VCU. And our players that we paid attention to, uh, Mike hit up Miles Bridges first 
I went Jalen Adams of UConn. Then we talked about DeAndre Ayton in, in Arizona a bit. And then we finished up with Jalen Adams from St. Bonaventure. So screen the screener listeners, there's your four pack. Uh, dive in and enjoy your, uh, you know, your, your brew of choice there. Hopefully you guys enjoyed Mike and I getting back in the saddle together uh, and giving you guys a, a two-way podcast. We'll try to do that a couple more times here uh, throughout the summer. Um, and uh, Mike, it, it's cool chatting uh, college hoops with you again it's a beautiful thing my friend and and uh gus has has two beautiful daughters i got a daughter and a son and I, I put out on twitter today gus your your daughter has been phenomenal if you don't know folks gus's daughter is a phenomenal basketball player i mean she's incredible uh, uh, so this is a much lower scale than gus's but my daughter made uh with her her girls ball a 10 foot uh, shot today we're very excited about that yes so, I went so, open. so so shot on the 10 foot rim not the eight foot rim yeah no 10 footer she came outside nice. she goes i can make it i said you can't make it that's good real supportive father i am uh and so then i'm sitting there just dribbling around with my right hand only of course and uh she just keeps shooting and i'm watching her and i'm like oh she hit the net oh she hit the front rim bang she puts one right over the top i started running up and down the driveway uh no Sweet. one here of course was great screaming and yelling very happy for her. she goes okay that's it i'm going inside uh but I grabbed a beverage tonight in celebration. So hoop season, Gus, is coming. I'm starting to feel a little bit of fever. I'm going to enjoy the summer, like you said, but um, certainly good good things happening on uh, on the hoops and in college basketball and in my driveway as well. Oh, yeah. Switch to your daughter. That is pretty impressive. Um, I told my daughter that good news, and uh, she was pretty fired up. So uh, maybe we got we have to have them uh, shooting, shooting some hoops in the backyard later on the summer. Definitely. And absolutely. You got to see Gus's daughter, folks. A jump stopping at the foul line, banking in shots. Oh, okay. Since we brought it up, uh, uh, I love your little story. I'm not trying to one-up you here, but um, no, no, I did send uh, – we sent my younger daughter uh, to the local – uh, university for basket girls only basketball camp, which was really cool because she played in um, her winter league. Uh, she played against all boys. So we're trying to find an opportunity for her to play, you know, with some other girls. So we, we, we found this, uh, we found this camp at the university. So we sent her there and um, she comes home one day and I was like, Oh, you know, you know, the normal conversation, like, Oh, you know, honey, how was camp and everything? She's like, Oh daddy, check this out. So I was like, Oh boy, what is this? So, she drop steps, pivots, and then like gives me an elbow like in the thigh, wow. <laughs> like to show me her post move. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, uh, you know, honey, what's this? She's like, oh, this is how you post up. I was like, all right, we're good. <laughs> we are good. Wow, drop that's step, phenomenal. Arm <laughs> post up. I was like, all right, girl, go for it. It's just incredible. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. Uh, so, listeners, thank you so much for carving out some time and listening to our uh, silly uh, our daughter's uh, uh, hoop uh, escalades and, and and happenings. Thanks, thank you for amusing us. We hope we we amused you guys a bit. Um, we'll catch up with you guys later on this week. Uh, thank you so much for tuning us in. And as always, uh, Mike and I totally appreciate all our loyal listeners out there. So, uh, thank you for dialing us up. I'm back, baby. I'm back. Yeah, baby. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.